Hey everyone, it's Rev Brad. So last week, I started to share my storied soccer journey. The high-level achievements in the sport that led to my eventually becoming a chaplain to one of America's top-flight soccer teams. Not really. At least not the high-level achievement piece. You see, it's a common myth that chaplains in sports are best made from former pro or collegiate athletes. I can count only a few former players in any sport who are chaplains back to the sport today. It's just not the typical way. So last time I ended with a line of thinking that was tracking along the lines of vocation and calling. For me, there came a moment of understanding that I was called to be someone different, that I was called to be a chaplain to soccer. Now, that moment wasn't a flash of light. It wasn't like light coming down from heaven uh, on top of my head, but it was more like an awakening, like trying to wake up after a long sleep. So to pick up on my story, I remember exactly where I was when the phone rang. I was in my parents' kitchen eating a peanut butter and honey sandwich after a half day of work at the local TV station. I was the, what is now more common, typical college grad who had come home, save a few bucks, try and find meaningful work. I remember the phone rang and I answered it, and my parents had this weird corded phone, so it meant I couldn't get back to my sandwich. I was kind of stuck there. And I remember on the other line, hello, this is so-and-so from the Colorado Rapids. I was like, who's this? What is this? Season ticket salesperson? What? Is Brad there? Uh, yeah, that's me. How does this guy know my name? Did I sign up for something? So long story short, that phone call saw me get an interview and eventually get a part-time contractual job as a public relations assistant, which turned into eventually becoming an interim PR director years later for the club. It was a perfect job for me, or at least so I thought. Here I was, using my communication skills and degree. I had made it. And I felt like, oh, great, my degree program, it's not a waste. I didn't go to college for nothing, like I think some of my other friends were feeling and thinking at the time. But to tell the truth, there was something else that was going on inside of me. I remember walking out on the soccer pitch for a training session in early 2001. The club had signed a few new players, and I was getting to know them, writing up some stories and doing some op-ed pieces on them. One in particular knew I was engaged to be married. And as we were walking out on the pitch, he asked me some questions. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but that conversation would be a pivotal moment in my awakening to where I think my heart really desired to be. He started asking me the type of questions that you might ask a best friend, a close brother, or even a father figure type. And I remember getting back to my hotel and reflecting on that conversation. You know, in spite of this player's world experiences and travel, I felt that there was this fundamental need that our conversation had revealed, and in some small way, maybe I had scratched some part of a surface to something much deeper, not only for him, but inside myself. But life and work, what it is, I left it. I kept plugging away. It wasn't until a few months later I found myself leaving the club and the team. I had withdrawn my name from consideration to be the full-time PR director. I think my life goals of marriage and family and realizing I may not have much of a life if every weekend was spent at a stadium or on the road. I kept seeing the burnout rates of people around me, and I really felt burdened for those who had made soccer and the industry the end-all and be-all of life. I didn't really want it. The newly hired PR director didn't know much about soccer, and this happened a lot back in the day. So I found myself doubling up on the work. I found myself covering a lot, and I felt burned out. Uh, I remember there was a particular moment when he burnt, he blew up at me and, and I pushed back at him and 
to be honest, this pivotal moment resulted in me leaving the team, leaving the club. And when I realized that this, my time with the Colorado Rapids as a PR guy was over, um, I just realized this was probably something that God had been doing, that God had been in the midst of it. And I remember the day after I left the Rapids, I submitted my application for Denver Seminary. And I felt God had been putting that on my heart for some time, but I had just delayed just a little bit. I was just like, no, this can't be the way. This can't be it. Well, seminary started for me. Our first day of seminary was actually September 11, 2001. What a time to start. I had been married for exactly one month. And I remember wondering on that day, what's the world going to look like if there was going to be a world at all when I was done with seminary? A few months into my seminary experience, I noticed this guy running around campus wearing team gear. And I thought, that's odd. I stopped him once and I asked, I said, hey, where'd you get that stuff? He said, oh, I just help out with the team. A couple weeks later, I ran into the head coach in a restaurant. How are things? I asked. We exchanged pleasantries. And then he said the oddest thing. He said, and oh, by the way, we have a chaplain working with the team. A chaplain? Huh. I'd never heard of it. Never thought of it. Maybe I could help. I'm in seminary. So the coach connected us. I sat down with this guy. He had served for the as chaplain for a year with the Rapids, and I offered my help. I said, hey, is there anything I can do? I'd love to learn from you. I'd love to be part of this. Sure, he said. A few weeks later, just before the start of the season, he called me. Hey, sorry, Brad. Moving back to St. Louis. We need to be closer to family. Good luck. I was like, good luck. Good luck with what? Like, here it is. It's over. It's done. Or it's all for me now. Uh, I wasn't quite sure. And later I came to realize that God had opened the door for me to go back to the team and to serve in a way that was very fulfilling uh, toward my heart and toward what I think he had been calling me to do. And ever since then, it's been the longest thing that I've ever done or been involved with. And one day, I know, it may end. I'm really a steward of the position. I don't own it in the sense that I possess it. It's not mine to possess. It's mine to the extent that I'm called to be faithful as long as I'm given the position. I've come in recent years to understand that this is part of my vocational calling. Frederick Buechner has been helpful for me in understanding this sense of vocation. In his book, Wishful Thinking, he writes this little excerpt that I want to read for you. And I think it's really helpful if you are trying to wrestle with or struggle through a sense of vocation or calling yourself. Let me read. It comes from the Latin, vocare, to call, and means the work a man is called to by God. There are all different kinds of voices calling you to all kinds of different work. And the problem is to find out which is the voice of God rather than that of society, say, or the superego or self-interest. By and large, a good rule for finding out is this. The kind of work God usually calls you to is the kind of work, A, that you need most to do, and B, that the world most needs to have done. If you really get a kick out of your work, you've presumably met the requirement, A, But if your work is writing TV deodorant commercials, the chances are you've missed requirement B. On the other hand, if your work is being a doctor in a leper colony, you have probably met the requirement B. But if most of the time you're bored and depressed by it, the chances are you have not only bypassed number A or letter A, but probably aren't helping your patients much either. Neither the hair shirt nor the soft birth will do. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. That last phrase, 
the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. That phrase has captured my heart and imagination for many years now. There have been moments in the journey that I've doubted where I was at and where I might be heading. But in realizing that God has called me to this work, that he has prepared me for this work, and that he's preparing me for beyond, it's given me this sense of peace. And there's a deep gladness and joy that comes for me from helping people. And even when the circumstances or surroundings have changed or look very different, I just have this great sense that I'm right where God wants me to be. If you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're involved with the game at soccer at some point or at some level, maybe Beekner's words can be a bit of a litmus test for you. I know it's been helpful for me. You know, I've known many in the game of soccer whom I believe are called to play or they're called to coach. They're called to be involved in the sport of soccer at that very uh, role and in that very moment. And there are others who really ought only be there for part of the time. But nothing is wasted by God. Today, I pray that you will have a deep sense of God calling you to the work that you were involved with. And to echo the prayer of Moses in Psalm 90, May the favor of the Lord God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is The Rev coming to you from the Touchline.